0: Nowhere to live, nowhere to fall. He used to have money, but he's wasted it all. His face is a photograph burned in my mind but i pretend not to see him for the 21st time
1: welcome to voices from the street the radio ministry of the sacramento union gospel mission prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting hope and transformation here's your host director of the union gospel mission pastor tim lane
0: Well, I'm glad you decided to join us today. Right now, it's kind of an inclement day outside. There's clouds and a little rain, a little sun. We got the mixture of everything, but that's kind of indicative of how life is as well, isn't it? That we, into every single life, there's a little bit of rain, a little bit of sun, some clouds. Sometimes it's cold and sometimes it's warm. But one thing we can always count on, that whatever we're in at that moment, it's going to change. And so it is at the Union Gospel Mission the same way. <clears throat> there is only one thing really truthfully that is unchangeable and unmovable, and that's God. When we come to God and we are are accepting of his beautiful grace, when we decide that we're going to walk in, in his statutes and in his ways, It's so easy for us to to take advantage of that. It's so easy of us to forget about his love, his grace, his mercy, and what a gift we have been given in salvation. And when we start to take his grace for granted, when we start to act as if he owes us something, which he does not. Then we are looking for trouble. If the Union Gospel Mission, we get 24 guys sometimes that live with us on our drug and alcohol program, then you've got the staff as well. And there is that constant dynamic of people who are coming, they start to get into recovery, and all of a sudden they feel like they're owed something. Or they feel so overwhelmed by the guilt of what their past lives have been that they can't move past that. And neither of those places is a good place to be. Neither dwelling in the past always reliving all the guilt and the shame and the things that God has forgiven you for or taking for granted God's mercy, love and grace, which he has granted on you, which you didn't deserve. I have with me a good friend and an employee and a co-worker and laborer in God's kingdom with the men at the Union Gospel Mission. He's been on the show uh, several times before and Over the course of the next years, I hope that he's on many times. Uh, I'm happy that uh, he's not only a guy that graduated the program a few years ago. He's one of the few that has graduated the program that ever got hired. And I'm the one that hired him, but I'm glad that over the years that that he has become, like I said, that co-laborer in God's field and he has become my friend and he is he is a valued member of the staff at the union gospel mission he prepares the food and teaches the other guys how to prepare the food he also has that duality of roles where yes he's the cook and he's he's watching and supervising the kitchen but he's also has to deal with the men with their walk of faith with their lack of faith sometimes and to be there to remind them of the grace that God has given them. So I'd like to introduce to you the other Tim at the mission, (laughs) Tim Trinum, who is our cook. Tim, say hello to everybody, will
2: you? I'd just like to say it's uh, my honor and privilege to be here. Pastor asked me to come, and I always look forward to coming and sharing a little bit of where I am in my walk and um, just uh, tell everybody thank you and the good things that uh, God's blessing at the mission. And has his hand in which is everything,
0: <laughs> and he needs to have his hand in everything because we certainly couldn't do it by ourselves. Absolutely not. Uh, matter of fact, we couldn't even begin to do it by ourselves. And not only that, it's really not as much us as it is God doing the things there. But tell me something: uh, you came to the mission how long ago? Nine years. Nine years ago. Okay, and you've been, you've been, you were hired eight, almost eight years ago. Okay. And you've been the supervisor ever since there, right?
2: And the kitchen manager ever since.
0: Seen a lot of changes. Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some for the good and some for the bad. And but not anywhere. <laughs> but over the course of the years, you've also had the opportunity to have a lot of men work with you in the kitchen.
2: And that, and there lies the blessing. Uh, you, in your opening statement, you were commenting about, you know, how we're not worthy of the blessings and. You know, and I thank God every day that He uses me. I remember years ago, I always I was one of those people that expected something from God. Mm. You know, and now I I ask God every day, how can teach me how to love You more each day? Teach me how to work for You without complaining. You know what I no, mean? I do. <laughs> and keep a, a grateful heart. It's such a privilege to be chosen by God to do His work. A lot of people on the outside when they say, well, what do you do? And then when I start to explain to them what we do and all the little engines under that, you know, that one locomotive that's That's pushing the whole thing, they just get blown away with everything. And I'm just grateful that God chose me in my middle years of my life to make a change and to pull me out of the miry clay and give me a sense of responsibility where I'm not. Working for income, I'm actually working for God, and I'm storing those gems in heaven. And that I think, yep. and there's a peace in my heart now, and uh, and I'm able to give back, you know. But that transition from working out there in the real world, as they call it, and to here, there's a big transformation I had to go through too, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of pain and suffering that I had to go to and look at myself and question myself. What are my motives? And make sure I'm right with Christ, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't share things with some of the men in our program if my backyard's clean or I have any type of of, um, second-guessing anything. Today I just give it to God and have the faith that he's going to guide me. I no longer make the decisions. I allow him to do that. And I think as long as I continue to do that, he'll continue to work through me, with me, and uh, we're able to help a lot of people who truly need our help.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. I see the bumper sticker, and I probably brought it up before. Uh, it says that God is my co-pilot. Well, I don't want God to be my co-pilot because if, if he's only my co-pilot, our plane's in trouble. Amen. However, I want him to be the pilot of my life. Uh, I'm not even the co-pilot to him. Uh, I am grateful, and I am certainly not perfect, and I fail more times than I succeed. But here's the thing. It's that desire and that onward march towards God's kingdom, and God uh, takes us. He doesn't take us because of our talent. He doesn't say, oh, well, you know, in my kingdom, I need one more pastor. In my kingdom, I need one more kitchen supervisor. In my kingdom, I need one more of those. No, no. God equips those he sends. He sends. There's that old saying, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's pretty much true, isn't it? Absolutely is. Did you see yourself here 25 years ago? No. Oh, no. No.
2: No, I had grandioso plans 25 years ago. Yeah. I was in my career. I was a GM at a $30 million furniture showroom. Uh, I was making good money, but I was working 80-hour you know, pay periods. And, uh, and I become reliant on the God at that time was alcohol, and that's... And that, money
0: and prestige.
2: Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything that falls yeah. under that. Yeah. And... God wasn't in the equation, because, of course. Until I got in trouble, I, you know, if there's cop pull you over, oh God, please get me out of this one, or, you know what I mean? Uh, paid the path, but uh, yeah, I'd never seen myself here, and and I'm amazed at how God is working with me. Once you give God a hundred percent, you know, as we talked before, we'll get guys in the program that want to give them ninety eight percent. They want to hold on to that last 2%. But I found early on when I went through the program, it's giving him, abandoning yourself to him, giving him everything. And to, you know, just respond to what you were saying about God just needs one more of this, one more of that. God knows your talents. He blesses us with those talents. Yeah, he's and- <laughs> the one that gave them to you. <laughs> so no, to answer your question, i never seen myself uh, being used for the work of Christ 25 years ago
0: no and and i i completely understand that there was a time in my life that that was certainly not in the equation i didn't i didn't think i was an enemy of god but i knew i was living on the outside of everything that god wanted me to do but you know i the one statement that you made and we've all made it but i think is probably incorrect is out in the real world i think it's the other way around amen I think that the world that most people walk in is a fantasy world of what could be, what should be, what might be, what if onlys. It also consists of what's all, all about me. I'm going to make myself a little God. I, don't, I may not think about it, but I make myself a little God and I surround myself with all the things that I think this little God needs. The house, the car, the, even the family sometimes, all those things, the things of wealth, the things that distract us. And God is is maybe somebody I think about when I'm in trouble. Like you said, I'm pulled over by the police because I've been drinking. So God, get me out of this. And, and I had that happen years and years <laughs> ago. And um, <laughs> it just it was I was no pastor. I owned a air conditioning company at the time and I was not living as God wanted me to live and uh so it was decades and decades ago but still it happened and there's other times i'm sick i you know the the doctor says this or that or cancer or or your wife's upset or your husband's upset or whatever the case is and then you turn to this invisible santa claus that you call god of your own making not the god of the bible because when you turn to the god of the bible he's there when you repent and believe, he's there. <laughs> Make no doubt about it. But he's not the God of your making.
2: And What's funny, you look back, and I used to tell people, even in my testimony, when I give my testimony at my church or if I'm asked to speak somewhere, the important thing, as I always tell people, God continued to bless me when I was against him. You know, there were situations that I should not be here. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, I do know what you mean.
2: So God was continuing to pave a way for me because he knew I'd be here 25 years ago. I didn't. No, that's right. But he knew.
0: He did. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we we look with pretty short-sighted... We we don't understand what's going on today, let alone what's going on tomorrow. Sometimes we can't even figure out what went Mm -hmm. on before. But the bottom line is that... Again, you come to a sovereign God who is there, not as a God of your making, but as something much, much better than all of that anyway.
2: And all those years, we were looking for all these things to bring us some sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And all we had to do is open the Bible, get mm-hmm. on our knees, mm-hmm. ask for forgiveness, take the Lord in our heart, and yep. walk with him.
0: Yep. Because the Bible tells us that when we were yet his enemies, you know... Christ died on the cross when when we were yet enemies of God. Amen. And so this God that is not of our making sent his son to the to be that propitiation for our sin, to pay the price we couldn't pay, but it ca- it takes repentance and belief. You come on your knees in repentance, you believe, you confess with your mouth, and he said, you will be saved. And then, if you're like most of us who believe in saved by grace through faith, faith and this not of yourself, you believe that you're saved by grace, kept by grace, and all those things until you stumble, and then you're back to thinking, uh-oh, God doesn't love me anymore because I'm, I wasn't good enough. He didn't love you when—he didn't love—he <laughs> loved you first— before you were quote good enough, you've never been good enough. And I've no, never you been. Never good will enough, be, <laughs> and you never will be this side of glory. But guess what? Amen. He is. That's what makes him God. And you know what? All the time we spend running around, bumping our heads up against the wall, trying to make our our nest a little better feathered, when in reality, all that stuff is just passing, right?
2: Absolutely.
0: So how many of the men, when they come to you, are confused about who God is?
2: Oh, the majority of them. majority of them. There are a lot of people come from a place they know of God. They don't know God. Right. It's what I hear in passing or what somebody told me or I've sat in a, a, a church and heard mumblings. and But to sit down and actually read the Bible, understand God... No, there's a lot of there where there's a lot of questions you know what this and sometimes I have to check myself when they ask me to make sure that the information I'm given is correct because I don't ever want to mislead somebody sure or share something that I don't have the know if I don't know I will tell them I don't know maybe you should go to one of our chaplains or to you to the pastor and uh, get that information but if it's something that's you know, uh, not harmful to them and their decisions or their walk. I'd be sure. more than happy to share. Or we can go in my office and get a Bible and look ourselves.
0: Sure. You know what? Sometimes guys will ask me things, and I and I have to tell them. Listen, it's been a long time since I've been in that particular part. Let me get back to you on that, because like you, I'm not. It is not important to me that people think I am all knowledgeable. It is important to me that that. When I am telling them what the Bible says, that I'm accurate at what I'm saying, I feel the same way about sermons I give, that I want to make sure that what I say is accurate and that it is faithful to the scripture and to the God that we serve. And if you do that, it's not important that the sermon (laughs) that you give that people think you're just the best that there ever was, just faithful. That's what I want to be to the scripture. These men need that. How many of the guys that you come, there's so much confusion out there that they feel like there's many paths maybe to God, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just myself, you know, early on when I was a kid, you know, our parents lead us in what they believe in or what teachings they grew up in. So I think as we get a little further along, I think it's a lot, falls a lot on us to actually seek the, and get the information ourselves. And that's the same thing that I did. I says, well, okay, let me find where this is. I I have to look at it and see it, you know? (laughs) And, (laughs) okay, wait a minute, this isn't in the Bible, but this is what you're teaching me. right? Okay, so that's not factual. Right. Because God tells us every word in that book is the word. Right. So... If I can't
0: find it in that book, well, what what's wrong with it exactly?
2: This <laughs> then it's not it's not factual.
0: We just had that discussion with one of the guys <clears throat> this morning that you know, one of the ways and I know you guys have heard this before, but the Bureau of Printing and Engraving when they're training their agents, my understanding is they they get them to know what the real bill looks like so that they don't need to teach them what counterfeit looks like. They know what the real thing looks like, and if it doesn't look like the real thing, it's counterfeit. Amen. So you don't need to study 50 different counterfeit things to know what the real deal is. And so, in our walk of Christ, we don't need to go out and study every every other religion. And by the way, for most pastors, it's a good idea to know what other religions are saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we don't have to keep moving around as as new believers in Christ, to every different kind of church out there, we need to start with the fundamentals of what the Bible says. And then, as you pointed out, Timothy, you need to be Berean about what you're doing. Okay, now you've said this. Let me open it. Where did you find that in the Bible?
2: Exactly. And let me do some research for myself. You yeah. know, and that's, and that's, I think, one of the things that, the program at the Union Gospel Mission teaches, uh, the chaplains there are, are very forward with the fact that, you know, if you question everything, Yeah, you don't know that, man, we have guest speakers, guest this, guest that, not saying that anything they could say is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is how much better would it be for you to find it? Research. Find out. Maybe don't read three of the verses that they quoted. Read the whole chapter.
0: Yeah, before Take and it. after, and find out what the text is, Amen. the context.
2: And I and I find that when I do that, pastor, I find that I get a much better understanding, not just pertinent to the three verses, but to the the actual factual story that's being told. Yeah, you know.
0: And even if they're right about the verses that they're they're, you know, that they're doing this expository preaching on, it may not be the whole of what the intent exactly. was.
2: Exactly exactly
0: and so yes they're not inaccurate but it's not completely definitive about what the subject was
2: yeah if you leave me with questions i need questions answered (laughs) so i'm gonna go get those those questions answered and the best way to do that is through the research yourself
0: yeah you know i used to when i was a new believer i used to listen to walter martin who was Mm -hmm. the original bible answer man whom you know i had his books and stuff and i thought a lot of him he was just a brain and and I'm not there by the way, but uh, <clears throat> but he used to say anytime that you take a text out of context, you make a pretext out of it. Now, I don't know whether that was his saying or he got it somewhere else, but it doesn't I like matter. It. <laughs> Me too. Because it's true. You can take any verses out of the Bible and you can build a false religion out of mm-hmm. it. You know, the Bible says that uh, that uh, Judas went out and hanged himself now there's another place that says go out and do likewise if you put those two together you have a false doctrine absolutely you have people hanging themselves all over the place right (laughs) and the two were taken out of context because they had nothing to do with each other so you can have that happen no matter what you are doing so you just need to be very careful when the preacher any preacher listen if paul can say if anyone comes to you with a different gospel than the one we first delivered to you and then goes off to cite, hey, even an angel or even ourselves, then there're to be anathema, there're to be a curse, they need to be cut off. So even Paul is saying, listen, I'm delivering to you the truth of the gospel. If I come back to you in, in a year or two years or three years and I have something different to say, don't listen to me, because it's not me, or I'm lying. Right. And so you need to be very in with, with your pastors as well. And any good pastor is not going to to be offended because you're looking up what he says. Now, let me give you a caveat to that. Make sure you know what you're talking about when you go to your pastor. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go in <laughs> as an accusation. What did you say? But simply as clarification, pastor. You said this, and I I don't think I quite got it, and I'm reading this because a lot of times it's not so much that the pastor didn't say it right, it's that maybe we didn't really hear it the way it's supposed to be. And the vast majority of pastors out there are not trying to mislead you. You know, there might be a few, but you'll soon find out because most pastors are, are grateful to have you ask, right, Timothy?
2: Absolutely, you're absolutely.
0: Correct. We got one minute, and I'd like you to come on the show next week as well. I'd love to. So, uh, anything you'd like to say to the folks out there before I we I'd just like it up? to thank
2: everybody that has anything to do with the Union Gospel Mission. It's truly a blessing for myself and all the gentlemen that you provide for, and even the ones that aren't gentlemen
0: even the ones that aren't. <laughs> <laughs> we help a lot of ladies too. And and I'm with Tim. I am so grateful to all of you out there for all the years that the Union Gospel Mission has been in place. I've been there 13 years and the mission has been blessed. It's been blessed by God and he blesses us also through so many donors as yourselves. And so as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. nowhere to live nowhere to fall he used to have money but he's wasted it all
1: his face is a photograph burned in my mind but i pretend not to see him Join us again next week at the same time for voices from the street.